G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Rise and Shine, Rise and shine. with Robbo and Becky on Vision. Robbo, with John Mackay, the creation guy, joining me again. It's been a while, John. It's so good to have you back. It has. It's really good to be back again, <laughs> even though I never went away because of all the well, cancellations. Right. But yes. it's been great to catch up on all the work here and, and just see the Lord working no matter what the restrictions Excellent. are. Excellent. Oh, that's so good to hear. Well, we've actually had um, uh, people ring up. We actually had a lady just uh, a couple of mm-hmm. weeks back ring up and say, When's John Mackay back on? So <laughs> Good on you, love. Obviously, via demand, you're on again. And so looking forward to uh, having you here, answering questions again uh, mm-hmm. over the next couple of hours. So if you've got a question for John, do call through. Now, you mentioned, of course, that you have been, I guess, restricted in some respects as far as mm-hmm. what you can do. Typically, you'd be traveling all over the country, and that mm-hmm. hasn't been possible. But what is going on at the moment? And is there stuff coming up that people can okay, be aware of? Uh, last week, we just uh, downloaded, literally off the back of a truck, our next shed to cover the fossils deposit, and that will be make it completely covered, which will be wonderful, mm. uh, which brings us up to one need we have. The work has expanded so much, we need people who want to be volunteers. I mean, they're the heart of Christian ministry. Yeah, yeah. We need volunteer workers at Jurassic Ark to help us, say, on a Saturday or whatever, mm-hmm. if you're free during the week because you're a retiree or whatever. We need people who want to help in the garden, who want to help dig, who want to help clean, uh, because we've got increased numbers of people now. Schools have started to come back. We have a bus road coming now from Rockhampton. Oh, All sorts of things. It's really wonderful. A few preaching engagements. So we have still got a few spaces there. So if anyone wants any preaching in the next couple of months, let us know. Mm, that's great. Well, creationresearch.net's your website, mm. of course, so people yeah. can contact you there, but also see what's coming up yeah, uh, via the right. website as well. So do uh, be in touch with John and uh, get him in. I know we've had you preach at our church and yeah. uh, a great time. I mean, just really you know, obviously the the preaching, but then we did a, like a Q&A mm-hmm. uh, style forum at the end of the day as well. And uh, just, you know, once again, as you do here on the radio, you know, just uh, answering a whole range of different mm-hmm. questions uh, so well. So, yeah, do uh, stay in touch with what John's doing. And, you know, if you can, you know, attend Jurassic Ark or be involved with different things that are going on, certainly worthwhile. Creationresearch.net is the website to be a part of that. Now, John does have some uh, show and tell here this morning. So keep an eye on Facebook. We're going to be live on Facebook in the next few minutes, uh, doing a bit of show and tell, but also answering your questions. So make sure you call through on 1-800-316-316, or you can comment on our post on Facebook asking for uh, your questions. For John Mackay, the creation guy, just search Vision Christian Radio on Facebook to do that, or give us a call, 1-800-316-316. Across Australia, this is Rise and Shine. With Robbo and Friends. On Vision. It's Robbo with John Mackay, the creation guy, joining me again today. And taking your calls, you can call through on 1-800-316-316. Brent's given us a call, kicking the ball off this morning uh, bright and early. What's your question for John, Brent? I'm just interested to know what his view on the end times is. It's quite a topical subject at the moment, and... uh uh, he's very good at explaining the start of the Bible. Is, is he prepared to share what he thinks about the end of the Bible? <laughs> yes, so my favorite verse in the book of Revelation is, this is a mystery. Um, <laughs> so I never spend much time on, on that uh, in, uh, in more answer. depth than I right. have. So, um, But yes, there is no doubt about it that history is winding up. Uh, if you look at all the clues given in the Bible, there's not too many prophecies left to be fulfilled 
the world. We are in a stage where we can visit every nation on the planet and preach the gospel to them, and we must. And uh, we've we've done sort of eighty to ninety percent of the population, and that's one key. And Jesus said, of course, when we saw all these troubling things, uh, a warning: this is just the beginning of stress, the mm. beginning of endings. Yep. We're not in, anywhere near the climax yet of the Antichrist or the six six six. So keep faithful, no matter what comes. Mm, good, good right. response. Okay. That's a. A nice nutshell, but uh, yes, not giving too much away there. Hey, thanks for the call, Brent. Great to hear from you, mate. And uh, yes, certainly okay. something that, thanks. as you say, very topical at the moment. Okay, cheers, mate. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the call, Brent. You can do the same, 1-800-316-316, with your questions for John Mackay from Genesis to Revelation. We'll cover it all this morning, so uh, jump in with your questions. 1-800-316-316. That's 1-800-316-316. Or you can uh, ask a question on Facebook as well. Just search Vision Christian Radio and a comment on the post we put there with your questions for John Mackay, the creation guy. Rise and shine with Robbo and friends on Vision. John Mackay, the creation guy, is with me this morning answering your questions. And I had a question that's come in on uh, Facebook. In fact, a couple. One was just a comment from Gina saying, I think you're heading to Broome soon. Is that the case? or um, We're heading nowhere because of border <laughs> restrictions at the moment. So keep praying, uh, all of those sort okay. of things. So maybe wishful thinking from Gina. <laughs> but uh, Michael said uh, on Facebook, I'm sure it was said that the world is not as old as they say it is. But going on our Christian ancestry uh, takes the world to what age? Okay. Uh, to give you the short answer, Everybody from Theophilus in the second century all the way through to John Calvin to Martin Luther and, and uh, Usher in, in, a, in the next century get around about six to 7,000 years taking the Bible at face value. Mm. Now, you have to do a little bit of plus or minus because it doesn't give you uh, Noah was 922 years and 23 months and one day, right? Yeah, it doesn't right. give you that except for the, uh-huh. for the year of the flood. So for every whole number mentioned, you have to add plus or minus one. But that's way better than 600 million plus or minus 100 million, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. So you get a young earth by comparison, and it really riles you know, my geological mm. colleagues because their basic uh, emphasis is you've got to get rid of the Bible. Yes. You can't have any value. So as I've said so many times before, our definition of a fossil, the official one is it has to be older than 10,000 years, and the only reason is to get rid of the Bible's mm. account. So six to 7,000 years, and you will find that figure not just in, you know, as the skeptics say, modern Seventh-day Adventists invented that. You read your second century uh, Theophilus uh, of Antioch. He's got that figure. You can mm-hmm. add it all. If you don't add it up yourself, start at First Kings oh, chapter right. yeah, 6 and verse hard. 1 yeah. and take it away. You'll get roughly the same figure. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, some good points there. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting that you say that the official you know, definition for a fossil excludes that view of mm-hmm. a young earth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when, when Christians believe you know, that God created the world, that it's only six or 7,000 years old. And even, as we were saying before with Brent, about the end times, you know, like about the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, all these different things are going to happen and they all seem yeah. a little bit sort of out there. Yeah. Uh, people say, oh, well, you're just a bunch of kooks, you know, well, know, you, know you believe all this yeah. crazy stuff. But at the yeah. end of the day, God's so much bigger and right. so much more powerful he than that. This one, one quote comes to mind. If you go to creationresearch.net, click on the Q&A or the fact file and search age, uh, you will find this quote, the world is 
less than 10,000 years old, not the tens of thousands as the ancient Greeks say, mm-hmm. right? And that's from the second century. So this is not a new conflict. Oh, and wow. it's always a conflict between the world, yeah. the Greeks with their pagan gods, mm-hmm. and their, their theory, man is the measure of all things, right? Uh, versus uh, the biblical account. And the same today, it's the Bible account versus secular science. Yeah, very good. Okay, well, that's a good one to think about. And as mentioned there, the, the Q&A on, uh, on creationresearch.net is a great place to go. If you've ever got questions or someone asks you something, you think, oh, don't know uh, the answer to that, then check that out. It's a very handy resource. Uh, that's at creationresearch.net. Rise and shine with Robbo and friends on Vision. Robbo with you. And John Mackay, the creation guy, is here as well. Uh, looking forward to a bit of show and tell shortly, so uh, stick around. In fact, uh, go to Facebook if you uh, are able to this morning and have a look because John's going to do a bit of show and tell live on Facebook in a few minutes' time. So uh, look out for that. But uh, yeah, John's here to answer your questions this morning. Uh, anything, we've already had a, a question on the end time, so you can ask about creation. We've been talking about the age of the or Earth. Or anything in the middle. Everything in between. <laughs> so uh, you, know, you jump in with your questions, whatever's burning uh, for you. You can uh, call through. Uh, John, you were just saying to me a, a moment ago during the songs that uh, you've uh, probably the most uh, common question you're getting at the moment is actually one that you haven't heard for a long time. Yes, I'm old enough to remember Vietnam and all the political struggles then. And for the first time in ages, we've started to get people ask, should a Christian obey or disobey the government? Mm. Tough stuff, bad times, yeah. hard. But the God, word of God does answer us. Yeah, that's right. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, we yeah. can always go to his word for answers to all the different things that we face in life. Michael's given us a call this morning on 1-800-316-316 with a question for John Mackay. What's your question, mate? Something I'd like to share with John and see what he thinks. Um, <clears throat> we often hear the saying, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, we know the answer to that. It was the chicken of... God created the first rooster and hen so the hen could lay a fertilised egg and hatch out a chicken. Um, but um, the, if, I was wondering if you asked the atheist what he'd say. Uh, if he said the egg, would you say, well, how'd the egg get there? <laughs> and uh, he'd say, oh, well, there must have been a chicken to lay it. And, say, and you can say to him, well, where did the chicken come from? <laughs> okay, and when you, when you he, get to that stage, he'll say, way. when you get to the stage of asking where the chicken come from, his answer today, not even tongue-in-cheek, will be the dinosaur. Mm. Right? Because once you abandon creation, the chicken and egg question doesn't make any sense anymore. Mm. So they change the parameter. They even change logic. They even change facts. Uh, hence, I was saying mm. we've just got some so-called dinosaur feathers, which are undeniably bird feathers in ambers. They're fossils. They're very rare fossils, mm. but we've got them for yeah. our museum. And what you find is the evidence shows that birds have always been birds. Hence, if birds lay eggs, they've always laid eggs, right? Mm. And if reptiles don't fly with feathers, then they've never flown with feathers. And so you don't find any dinosaurs with with feathers on them. There's not one. All the evidence uh, for dinosaur feathers is zero, but there's plenty of lovely pictures in the textbooks and, and on television. So make sure that in this generation particularly you point out to the young people, now is that fact or is it just fiction? That's dressed up nicely. Yeah. So, mm. uh, again, I'd encourage you. We just released a newsletter yesterday, a mail-out, which has got a great article on dinosaur feathers. Um, I've just given Robbo a copy of our print version, and there's an electronic mm. version as well. So if you want either of those, go to creationresearch.net 
click on the latest newsletter and see both of those because the pictures are fantastic mm. uh, and they're now in our possession mm. and, and you can't even see those in many muse- many secular museums. So the Lord has really blessed yeah, us. Yeah, that's great. So good. Well, yeah. thanks for your comments, Michael. Mm. It's good to hear. And I think it's a po- good point that uh, John points out that I guess the goalposts are moving constantly yeah. and so we've got to be aware of that and understanding how to respond when people ask uh, these questions of us or you get into a debate. So good on you, Michael. Thanks for the call, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just wondering, did they really think that the birds were as big as dinosaurs or the dinosaurs have shrunk? <laughs> no, the, <laughs> any birds as big size. as dinosaurs couldn't climb the trees to fall out of, yeah, so yeah, that's they, right. they eliminate no. that one. It doesn't make any sense yeah. even to them because it doesn't make any sense to start yeah. with. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So call through if you've got a question for John this morning. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-316-316. A great way to start your day. Rise and shine with Robbo and friends on Vision. It's a Robbo with John Mackay, the creation guy, with me, uh, live on air but also live on Facebook. And so we've got uh, people uh, tuned in, watching us live this morning and uh, waiting to see what John's got to show us because it's pretty fascinating what you got for show and tell this morning, John. It certainly is. 60 seconds to enable you to get ahead. Uh, Meet Lucy. (laughs) She's the star of all the high school textbooks. She's your missing link. You know, the one that connects you to the apes and gorillas, etc., according to the textbooks. And I've had this for ages. It's even got dirt on it. We buried it to make a film about finding Lucy. But, of course, I saw the original Discoverer when he was first interviewed, and he was world-famous not a ape, not a man, somewhere in between. And just recently, I thought it's time to spend a fortune and get the original. So here it is. Oh, look at that. Isn't that cute? Oh, you can see the differences. This one's nice and brown. That's how it came. And that's what it looks like, a whole skull. But this one, see the brown bits? That's all they actually found. And you oh, know really? the hilarious part? When... Dr. Johansson was first interviewed with his skull. The professional interviewer said, wow, this is impressive. He was so thrilled. And then he said, what's the brown bits? And Dr. Johansson says, that's what we actually found. Now, the interview fell apart after that (laughs) because if you've got that much evidence, you ain't got any evidence at all. In fact, if you really want to put it all together, you might notice that Lucy's actually just some sort of chimpanzee. That's all she is. Kids, parents, you've been lied to. If you want to get ahead, then take God's word for it. He made man his image. And even though sin has tarnished that image, Jesus came to not only get us ahead, but to remake us in his likeness. Don't be fooled by false facts, by fake news about ape men, cavemen, etc. Be trusting in the one who was there. He's an eyewitness to the fact that man was made in his image. Mm. See more on creationresearch.net. That is so good. So, yeah, if you want to have a look, I'm obviously obviously seeing the video is going to make a whole lot more sense to what you just said, John, but fascinating to see. I mean, really, uh, the second skull that you've got there, there's only little tiny fragments. Yeah, it's incredible. And they've you know, you know, used a lot of creativity <laughs> to come up with the uh, with the end result there. Yeah, so, they can see it all on our videos and stream them too sometimes. Yeah, so. that's right. Well, it reminds me of a uh, headline you're waking up to that Becky shared a week or so back that they were saying that you know, dinosaurs wagged their tails. You know, and they, somehow they, you know, some computer modelling generated this, but it's like, well, they you know, had to use a fair bit of creativity to come and, up with and that. And they had their feathers too. And mm. by the way, Robbo and, and our audience there, we've now got alleged dinosaur feathers. And you know, they look just like bird feathers. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they are bird feathers. We've got genuine fossil ones. And you know, the only reason they call them dinosaur feathers 
they're in rocks that are supposedly too old for birds. Yeah, right. So instead of saying the obvious, they fudge it, they fake it. Fake news again with dinosaurs turning into birds mm. and ape men turning into humans. Believe God's word, he was there. Fascinating. Well, do check out that video on Facebook. If you're not watching live now, uh, go back and watch it and share that with your friends. That's really interesting stuff. And if you've got a question for John, maybe something that he's just said has uh, prompted a question or something else you've been wanting to ask him, you can call through 1-800-316-316. Or, of course, you can always uh, comment on that video or the other posts we've got on Facebook asking for your questions for John Mackay, the creation guy. Across Australia, this is Rise and Shine with Robbo and Friends on Vision. John Mackay, the creation guy, is here as well, taking your calls. And I guess uh, that's an interesting song, isn't it, John, talking about living by faith? Because a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today, answering some of these questions, it ultimately is accepting things by faith. I mean, we can look at science and understand, Mm. okay, we can line things up, but at the end of the day, you know, it is a life of faith, isn't it, for the well, Christian? it is, no matter how much evidence you've got, because your first step of faith is, I believe I can actually see this. Mm. I believe the tests mean something. Yeah. And most people never get that deep, but it's, it's an absolute life of faith. Even eating McDonald's is by faith. <laughs> That's right. Well, let's take another call, 1-800-316-316, to ask your questions of John Mackay. Leanne's given us a call. What's your question? Just around the question of whether humans should be meat eaters. Okay. Whether there's any biblical um, comment on that, I guess. Yeah, excellent. All right. Good question. In the beginning, even your puppy dog was a vegetarian, right? And in fact, yeah. that's why they still like... I mean, my dog, my new puppy, just dug up my sweet potato patch the other day, right? <laughs> and I found lots of half-sweet potatoes. They love vegetables. Um, but you go on to a world where we are today, and they love their chop and their steak as well. Now, going from the beginning, God created everything that was very good, and then he specifically tells us there was no violence, there was no no killing, there was nothing that wasn't good, there was no death. In order to eat meat, killing is involved, right? So you Mm -hmm. want to work at an abattoir, you have to get used to killing and shedding blood. None of that until after sin came in. The first one, of course, is Cain killing Abel, then violence increases till Noah's day. But what's interesting at the world of Noah's day was destroyed. You know, 40 days and 40 nights of flood, Mm. and they're on the ark for a year and 10 days, then they get off. And after that, you begin to read of animals killing each other. So by the days of Job, there are birds of prey. This specifically tells you about which animals killed which which other animals. Mm. By Joseph's day, his brothers took a a blood-covered coat and took it home to Dad, saying our brother was eaten by a wild animal. And Dad, they Mm. expected Dad to believe it. So animals killing people was common by that time. But in between Mm. those two extremes, you find straight after Noah's flood, God made a rule, which is a very interesting one. It goes in two directions. One is he authorized us to kill animals and eat them. Right, he said, from now on, you can eat anything that moves. Now, you don't need that instruction for cabbages because they stay quite still. They're not hard to ambush. You can sneak up behind them and cut their head off. Um, but when it comes to moving animals, you actually had to be authorised. God authorises to eat them. And what you will find is he only put one restriction which really bothers the daylights out of many of my Scottish relatives because they love blood pudding, right? <laughs> Black pudding. But God told yeah. Noah, you are not to eat the blood, for the life is in the blood. That's the first time that phrase occurs, and it's a common phrase from then on. Okay, so yeah. what you find is that God did authorise us to eat meat. 
It's not a compulsion. You're not commanded to do it. If you're sensitive mm-hmm. to those things, and I'm pretty sure Noah, who'd never killed an animal in his life, would have struggled with that rule for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what you've got from then on is we are, are given permission to eat meat. There's some things we're not permitted to kill, e.g. people. We're not permitted to be cannibals because the very next rule about the shedding of blood is if anybody kills somebody, murders a person, then by man they are to be put to death, right? So you are penalised for killing people, and obviously that means you can't be a cannibal because you don't Mm. usually eat them raw, (laughs) no sushi humans at all. So what Mm. you'll find is that God forbids the eating of man, the killing of man, permits the eating of animals, but not the eating of blood. Now, you come up to the present day and you'll find we've gone overboard. Many, many people today, even those, say, who are dying from COVID or overweight or diabetes, one of the key ingredients of their body is over over amounts of meat, over amounts of sweet things with it on the meat, mm-hmm. right? And so keep it in balance. We were made to be vegetarians. We should always have a high bulk part of our diet mm-hmm. as vegetables. Don't feel compelled you have to eat meat, but we are permitted to eat meat. And uh, Jesus ate meat after he rose from the dead. Give me some fish. Uh, I think it was just to prove that he was yeah, human. Sure. So, and they were fishermen, mm. so they would have understood the connection. But I'm pretty sure he didn't eat their blood either, mm. okay, because he'd shed his blood uh, for the forgiveness of our sins. So that's the reason for that symbolism that's there. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Well, thanks so much for the question. Great to hear from you. Thank you. Awesome question. And you can ask your questions of John Mackay as well. 1-800-316-316 is the number. Or you can uh, jump onto Facebook. We did a live video just uh, half an hour or so back uh, with some fascinating skulls that John's brought in this morning. So have a look at that on Facebook and uh, post your questions in the comments there as well at uh, Facebook. Just search Vision Christian Radio. Across Australia, this is Rise and Shine with Robbo and Friends on Vision. John Mackay, the creation guy, is with me this morning answering your questions. You can call through on 1-800-316-316 like Shelby's done. Uh, Shelby, you got a uh, comment or a question for John? Now, I've met Neil Armstrong, the astronaut. And uh, you and hear what he has to say. Um, in, in one, in a short sentence, I can tell you the first main thing he said. But um, I've met also the eighth man on the moon, Commander Jim Irwin, um, James Irwin, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they gave me a great insight of uh, what a, what a, they're both Christians, and it gave me a great insight as to what um, um, sitting on the moon uh, is like, looking at the Earth. But uh, more than that flying around the dark side um, and seeing all the planets anyway. Um, it's remarkable, especially from two Christian, very good Christian men. Um, but my question is, why are we persisting on wanting to live on the moon? <laughs> okay. Having known quite a few people involved in the space race and the development of rockets and all of those sort of things, What's interesting is they will tell you that NASA's goal is not just to build a house on the moon. NASA's goal in looking for water on these planets is not just to find water on these planets. NASA's goal is to keep going and to find life where they can. Their, their primary goal, and I have this quote unquote, is now to disprove the word of God. After all, if you find water somewhere, there must be life because life evolved from the water here. It's gone from, you know, when the first astronaut stood on the moon and read the Bible, when he was up, mm. up you know, circling around the uh, moon, uh, the, the attitude has totally changed. We have a pagan American space race now. 
no no more Christian than the Russian space race was with Sputnik, right? They are pagan in their attitude. They are looking to disprove the Bible and the house on the moon is just a sort of a, a rest stop on the way to somewhere else to find life anywhere else. Mm. Now, as I love to tell them, I still love the Courier Mail heading many, many years ago. We've found life in outer space, brackets, and it's us. Right? <laughs> uh, that is the only life we've found out there. We haven't seen it. We haven't detected any of it. As I love to tell people, if you want to know what the answer to this is, is there life in outer space? There will only be life where God put it. It will never happen by itself. He tells us he's put it definitely on earth, so we know that for sure. The only other life he mentions is angelic beings and demons, right? As far as I can see, there is no reason for other humans or anything like that in outer space, and there's a good reason against it. You know how we see explosions in space? We see supernovas and things like that. We see disintegration, planets blowing up, all those sort of things. Um, you know, we're worried about um, asteroids hitting the Earth. They're all destructive things. Now, the reason for that is that sin has affected the whole of creation, says Paul. Not just Earth, not just the moon, not just the sun, the whole of creation. And when Jesus came to die, he died for mankind, but he died for the whole of creation because the whole of creation is going to be restored when the new heavens and the new Earth. So therefore, the salvation issue is one of your best reasons for saying there won't be other morally culpable beings anywhere in the whole of the creation. Great response. Thank you for your question, Shelby. And a good response there from John Mackay. Now, I guess that's a good reminder, John, isn't it, that uh, you know, at the end of the day, salvation is the key, isn't it? Yeah, we can mm -hmm. get caught up on all these different tangents and uh, things that uh, can become a distraction in some respects. But yeah. at the end of the day, we've got to come back to that central issue that we need to have our relationship with Christ yeah. you know, lined because up. Because everything here is temporary. Even if we got to the furthest edge of the solar mm. system or the universe, then God's going to do it all in, right? Make mm. a new one. Oh, what a waste of time that was. <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah, good point. Have you got a question for John Mackay? You can call through 1-800-316-316 and let us know what that question is. Or you can always comment on Facebook as well, but we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-316-316. Rise and shine with Robbo and friends on Vision. It's Robbo with John Mackay, the creation guy, with me this morning, taking your calls and answering your questions today. And uh, I know one thing that's been very topical of late, John, uh, which I'd love you to comment on, is climate change. I mean, obviously, it's been mm -hmm. back in the news. The National Party and the Liberals have been debating this of late, talking about zero emissions again and setting targets and all that sort of thing. How do we sort of approach that or uh, how do we view that through a biblical worldview? Okay, a biblical worldview is that God is the creator. He is the sustainer. He is the judge, right? That takes you from Genesis 1 to Revelation uh, 21. <laughs> So what you've got is a God who created the climate and he's a God of law and order and so is our most famous weather forecasters who live just up at Caboolture. Uh, they believed, I mean, he was the church Bible reader in the Anglican church mm. there and he basically said if we know what the laws that God has put in nature, we can predict it and that's a really good rule. That's number one. Number two, I'm old enough now uh, to have had grandparents who lived at the turn of last century, right? And I've got photographs from my great-grandparents, right? So you can figure out the climate. Mm. So one of the things I did when this issue first came up, it was more about sea level change for that group who were asking me questions. So I said, okay, I'll go and I'll get the pictures. So from the late 1800s through to my childhood, right up to the present, I went down to Sandgate and photographed the beach, right? 
and there it is, exactly the same levels as it is today. Mm-hmm. Now, I've also travelled a whole lot. I've been to the Caribbean, and there are some places where the beach is 20 feet, 30 feet, 10 metres above the sea level, and the reason is a volcano has come up underneath the island. No, you- I've had an earthquake and lifted it up. Now, I've also looked at the British Admiralty maps from the 1700s. There are islands marked on those maps that aren't there today, but because we've got under, underwater viewers, you know, the submarines, we know where the island is. It sank, mm. right? probably a volcano again. So most sea level change has nothing to do with what we call climate change, more to do with a tectonic plate movement, yeah, all right. that sort okay. of stuff. So there's fact number one. Fact number two, when you say excess CO2 uh, is being produced and is the problem here, well, I do have to warn people that many of the things they're trying to control, like cars and that, are really not the big problem you think they are. So that when we sort of use Jurassic Arc to make concrete and things like that, concrete is made from limestone by heating it up and driving off the CO2. If we were serious about CO2, we'd cancel all the concrete. (laughs) Unbelievable. We breathe out CO2. Coca-Cola needs to be cancelled, right? It's full of CO2, and it actually comes from a CO2 well here in Australia that pumps out tens of thousands. There are many... Uh, sources of CO2 way beyond what the politicians can control. So in one sense, it represents an increasing secularisation of the world who wants to be God and control everything, and they will fail. So I'll be blunt, a aim for zero CO2 emissions is a fool's paradise. Mm. It simply won't work. Well, that would be us not breathing out. Would that be? And, and that's, that's a good line. Yeah, I like that. It won't last long. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, that we really do need to want is that when we look at this issue and say, what's a Christian worldview? A Christian worldview is what any Christian politician should be striving for, and they need to be bold enough to get up and say, mm. okay, it's not the way you are presenting it as a fait accompli with climate. And there's not too many politicians saying that. I mean, you've got at one extreme, you've got Clive Palmer's boy, Mm -hmm. Craig Kelly, who has got Christian connections. He's funded well. Of course, we doesn't have too too many people in the party. And then you've got Scott, who doesn't say anything much about it, Mm. but goes with the flow. And so we need to pray for our political leaders that they might see what the actual evidence is, despite the the froth and bubble of the promotion there. So you Christians need to get on your knees and say, oh, Lord Jesus, you are the God of climate. Mm -hmm. You are the one who actually brings us blessing. You are the one we can give our land to to heal. And if you want to follow up any more, go to creationresearch.net. We now have all of our climate change DVDs. We've done four of them. They're all on streaming, so you can download them. Or you can actually go and uh, get the streaming on our YouTube of all our climate programs and uh, the MP4 versions. Easy access these days. Or simply look up Q&A climate. Mm-hmm. There's tons of different questions on this. So yeah. creationresearch.net. That's a real resource there for sure. Mm-hmm. So creationresearch.net, yeah, lots of great articles that you can access freely, resources as well that you can purchase. So yeah, there's no excuse, I guess, for not understanding, but it can be very confusing, can't it? Yeah. Because you hear all these different things. Yeah. And I guess anybody that stands up and says anything remotely like what you've just said tends to just get bashed because it's like, oh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you sure. don't understand the science and you know, it can be a little bit frightening to sort it of say anything. It can be frightening, but then so is witnessing to your neighbour. Mm, right? yeah. And every one of us needs to say, well, Jesus matters most. God's word matters. We must share it. I, I'll be scared stiff like Martin Luther. Here I stand. I can do nothing else. Right? Yeah. Now, that was a very simple phrase, but boy, what a change it made in the world. Mm-hmm. And he had to be willing to die 
for telling the truth. Yeah. And sadly, in this world, there are many people who politically die, who their, their reputation is mm-hmm. killed, right? But you and I must tell the truth about this, that Jesus is actually the God over climate. Yeah, very good point. Well, if you've got a question for John Mackay, maybe uh, that's uh, something that he's just said has prompted a question or something else you've been wondering and you'd like to ask. Is a <coughs> few minutes left, so don't leave it to the last minute. Well, you pretty well have anyway, but call now. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. one 800 316 316 with your questions for John Mackay. Rise and shine with Robbo and friends on Vision. It's been great to have John Mackay with me again this morning. It's been a little while since you've uh, dropped mm-hmm. in, but uh, great to have you here answering lots of uh, questions as you uh, do so well. Uh, but we've t- got time for just one more question this morning before you go. Uh, Adrian's given us a call. What's your question for John? Well, I've got two young kids and I've always wondered with, about the dinosaurs. So how do I explain to the kids about the dinosaurs? And were, yeah, are they mentioned in the Bible or like, because they can't really, they're not really mentioned in the Bible and you know, how they say the dinosaurs are millions of years old where obviously they can't because it doesn't, doesn't sort of uh, match. That was sort of my question. Yeah, good, good question. That's a really important one, isn't it? Because you want to know you're giving your kids the right information. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. yeah they age when they're young. They really love, uh, yeah, they love dinosaurs and all these kind of things. So, yeah. like, oh, you know, I want to tell them where they actually come and where they, how they fit in the Bible. Okay. Well, how would you respond to that, John? Okay. Very easily, a Vision Radio is not mentioned in the Bible either. Neither is kangaroos, nor is Australia. And all of these are words that post-date the final version of the, the Bible books being put together. But if you look for the equivalent, so the word dinosaur was invented in England, 1841. Don't look for it in the Bible. It won't be there. What you want to find is what, what it actually means so that the man who invented the word dinosaur, we know because of his own writings, he called them dragons before he invented the word dinosaur and he called them dragons afterwards. Are dragons mentioned in the Bible? They sure are, right? So therefore, you've got all of these things that are actually in your Bible, but they are under different names, under words that would have been understood by the people around when the Bible was both being written and when it was being translated. So there's the first point. Secondly, you'll find there are heaps of resources. So if you go to Creation Research, click on the bookshop or whatever and look for kids' books, we have books what happened to the dinosaurs? Suitable for three or four. You, you're nodding head. You like yeah, that one, Robert? Yeah, it's a good one. And then we have right up to 12 years of age with visual. They, they, you can use your apps on it to make the videos come alive. That's called What Happened to the Dinosaurs. And in between, we have Adam and the Dinosaurs and quite a few other videos and that that will make your job a whole lot easier. So that's creationresearch.net. Click on the shop yeah. and see all of those things. you find that very, very helpful. And uh, again, just go to creationresearch.net, Q&A, and insert dinosaurs, dragons, monsters. You'll find all of that, and that's free. Mm, okay, so excellent. you'll find that very oh, helpful. Awesome. Yep, great oh, resources. Thank you Thanks yep. for the call, Adrian. Great to hear from you, mate. Thank you. God bless. Good morning, Vision Radio. Who are we speaking to? Cindy. Hey, Cindy, how are you? Good. That is um, good. I went, I went on the quest, um, creation site, and I had a look around. Very interesting. I've got to have another look. There's so much there. Yes. Um. I've seen one about the Aborigines, their dream time story. One's mm-hmm. about Noah. Mm-hmm. And then it goes in, then it says there's a lot of different nations, like I don't know if it was China and other, you know, mm-hmm. Indians and, you know, 20 other different nations mm-hmm. you mentioned that have the same story, but they tell it very differently. It's, it's very mm-hmm. confusing, but it's very much the same. And I, I thought it's a shame they don't have one about Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that that is true, but you've got to remember they left the Tower of Babel after Noah's flood 
but before Jesus had come. So therefore, the only stories you'd expect would be those yeah. that were known to Noah and uh, up, up to uh, the people at the Tower of Babel. After that, they would just simply mess the stories up and they may have an expectation based on Genesis. They may have a bit of interaction with the Holy Spirit, right, so that some of the uh, Aboriginal stories talk of when they arrived here, such and such came down and taught them, right? So they have that sort of interactive uh, history as well. And you can say, well, who was this person who came in the light? Who would teach them things that were useful? And remember how the uh, scripture has appearances of Christ at various times and the theologians call them theophanies? Now, it almost appears like they have some things like that. The last um, evidence I can find of Aboriginal connection to the to the Middle East is they do have a record of the long day of Joshua, right? Mm. It's up at Gympie, and they say there was a day when the sun never went down. Now, they don't know anything about Joshua. They just record the event, and it, it matches everything we know about Joshua. So they were here in Australia by the days of Joshua, but they had lost all contact. They also left the Middle East in many cases after Abraham because a third of them at least knew all about circumcision. Right, and two-thirds didn't. Uh, so you'll find all sorts of little clues like that. Uh, so yes, go, go to creationresearch.net and the, look up the, the shop and look at the videos. Go to streaming. Uh, there's videos, Origin of Races, Real Roots, History of Man. You'll find those very useful. And Dr. John Osgood, our resident historian, has brought out some great books. Mm. Uh, all Over the Face of the Earth is one. Right, They speak with one voice. So if you like the in-depth history treatment, yeah. Ask for John Osgood's book. They are, they are really Yeah, John's helpful. got some great writings. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed some of his stuff. Hey, great to hear yeah, from I you love, again, I Cindy. Love de- I love details and I like in-depth stuff. You Good. also mentioned COVID. You, you said there was many different varieties of COVID that we already have and we've already survived. Um, what do you think about this one? Are we going to finally get rid of it or <laughs> are we going to no- keep getting more? To well, the normal, to the normal path of any, any uh, COVID, corona-type virus, I mean... The, the ordinary sort of cough and colds are coronaviruses, right, that you get. And they haven't gone away yet, neither have we found a, a vaccine for them, right? They keep trying, but we haven't got one. Now, that what in the end is probably what the uh, British have made a decision. The government over there says, forget it, let's just call it a flu and get on with it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I suspect that's going to be the end conclusion. It's going to prove absolutely unviable to continue blocking borders and stopping truckies delivering. It's just not going to work. It never has. Uh, the history of most viruses is, even if you take the influenza, Spanish flu, etc., those flus come, then they peter out, and they seem to self-destruct almost in making so many mutants they become unviable themselves. We don't know why they do that, but they certainly seem to. So I suspect that both of those things will happen. One is it will become more and more unviable for its own purposes. Uh, I mean, think carefully. Any virus that kills off the very thing it needs to survive is doomed. Mm. Right? It's not going to continue working. So there's a self-elimination process occurring in all viruses that become a problem to us. But the viruses originally were created by God and they were very good. So we need to look also for the good things that they do. And the only clue I've been given so far is by a virologist who said it looks like women need a virus to get pregnant. I thought, oh, well, let me listen carefully here. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, it seems as if the virus actually acts as a little messenger between the sperm and the wall of the, the womb. And I said, why would you say that? He said, because the women who are infertile 
don't have this particular virus. Mm. Oh, wow, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, but that's, see, we, that's a new yeah, one. It is I haven't a new heard one. That before. And and they have to. There has to be some good use for for viruses, even though we don't know too many of them. But they definitely seem to eliminate many things that are negative to us. Yeah. So let's keep looking for good things. Yeah. They will be there. That's fascinating. So the, the people that are, the people that are spending thousands on I I. Are you, you know, IVF. Yeah, that stuff uh, that costs so much and you know doesn't always work. Do you think that might they might benefit from getting the virus? Yeah, from that, not from necessarily getting COVID, but uh, <laughs> they they may benefit in the end if we find uh, a simple solution like that. It's like that's the, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Like many of the the diseases of your stomach turned out to be just a lack of a bacteria mm. or the presence of a bacteria. So simple to find yeah. in the end. We just weren't looking in the right place. Well, thanks so much for your call, Cindy. Lovely to hear from you again, and uh, yeah. yeah, appreciate you uh, chiming in. Thanks for answering. Bye. Yeah, some more great uh, questions coming through today, John. Thanks again for being here, mm-hmm. and uh, just—I mean—you mentioned it again there, but uh, creationresearch.net is a great resource to uh, access anytime. I mean, yeah, we, you come in once in a while, but mm. people can access that twenty-four-seven. Can I plug our need for a few volunteers at yeah. Jurassic Ark? Anybody who wants to get involved in weeding, gardening, shifting uh, manure, all of those sort of environmentally friendly things, uh, or you know, just physically helping, we are at the stage where we're allowed to open up again, and we need helpers to actually do do with a lot of those physical things. So, if Excellent. you're interested. Contact Creation Research. You'll find our phone number there. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us an email. We would love to hear from you, particularly if you live up in the north coast, Gympie-type region yep. where we're situated. So, yeah, so it's not far from Gympie, so no, that's, the, that's the sort right. of area that it is. Uh, what about the one down in Tassie? How's that going? Because you've got the Seahorse yep, World down there. Yeah, we've got the Seahorse there. World down there. Uh, pray for our museum in Tasmania. It's had a pretty rugged time because no one's allowed in, mm, basically. Yeah. And uh, Japanese tourists particularly are their lifeblood for all of their tourist activities. Wow. Uh, that's the majority of people, but even if you're Victorian, you can't get, yeah, that's right. get across yeah. the strait. So, yeah, they're doing well. The displays are coming on well. So if you live in Tasmania, that's about the only people who can go. Mm. It's up at um, up the north end near of Launceston, Tasmania, near Launceston, yeah. yeah, at Beauty Point. And uh, look up Platypus World, and it's just opposite Platypus World or a bit down the, the harbour from uh, from Seahorse World. Excellent. Okay. Well, yeah, certainly encourage you to support that as you can because – as you said, John, I mean, really, it's only local tourism yeah. at the moment that can uh, visit there. Uh, but uh, all the details for those uh, different uh, physical locations, all the resources, everything's online, of course, creationresearch.net. Yeah. And a reminder to check out the Facebook Live video we did earlier uh, with Lucy and the uh, different skulls you got in the studio this morning. Really interesting to see that uh, on the video as well. So have a look at that on Facebook uh, from earlier this morning. John, thanks again. Hopefully it won't be too long before we have to have you back again here on Rise and Shine. Good on you, mate, and thanks. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.